If you see Paul W. Smith on I-94 this morning, please move to the right. He may be running a few minutes late. It's the free W. Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, now an amazing story, a story of both devastation, but one also filled with hope and fortitude and a desire to get past an incredible circumstance dealt to Frank Gerlinger. Frank was, by his own description, living his own version of the American dream, family, good career, financially successful, doing what he loved. And one day he was dealt a hand that not many of us could handle, let alone get beyond. And that is that he became paralyzed in kind of a freak set of circumstances. Nonetheless, he kept a positive attitude and worked his way out of his circumstance, at least to a large extent, and has moved beyond it. It's an incredible story. As I say, inspirational, uplifting, and one which, when you think about your life struggles, will put everything in perspective. Now, here's my interview with Frank Gerlinger. First, tell us what was going on in your life leading up to this personal event that you had, just to kind of give us some background on the life you were leading prior to this. Well, we were having what I would call our own little personal American dream. I had been very successful in the real estate construction business and development. I was a director of development services for Sterling Group, Gary Torgo's group downtown. Oh, sure. And then also a vice president of Todd Saxe's Saxe Construction for six years. Did like $29 million to $200 million when I ran operations there. And, you know, Todd was a magnificent boss and Gary was a magnificent boss. And I learned quite a bit. And I started out in some entrepreneurial efforts of my own with a partner to do real estate and construction development to, you know, elevate me as an entrepreneur. You know, I felt like I had learned a lot was time. Was moving forward with that, trying to raise a family. And I was working about 20 hours a day and actually doing physical labor on a job down in Ann Arbor, trying to deliver a large development for a client. And, you know, I think I just overworked myself, to be quite honest with you. And I got run down and sick and I got this infection in my spinal cord that was thought to be back pain. They kind of misdiagnosed that and uh, pain relievers masked the fever. Short story is I had some back pain severe for a couple of weeks. One morning I got up, dropped in the floor, ended up in the ER and then into surgery instantly. Uh, Life-threatening situation. These spinal cord abscess have about a 25% mortality rate when you catch them early. So uh, I had Dr. Kurz, a gentleman from the Michigan Orthopedic Institute that my friend uh, Yoni brought down. And he saw me before I went in. My wife wanted him to do the surgery. He's a very renowned spinal surgeon. And he said, you got to get in there. And he didn't tell me how serious it was. But uh, Yoni told me, my dear friend, as they walked out the door, it'll be a miracle if he survives. And then secondly, I survived. And then he said, it'll be a miracle if I ever move a finger. So prognosis is bad. The medical community will tell you that you are going to plateau after a year and you can't get better. So I looked at it like, hey, you guys are 100% successful at being unsuccessful. So why would I settle for that? I've always been a physical fitness guru. I've been a bodybuilder, powerlifter, barefoot water skier, just a physical fitness fanatic Mm -hmm, my whole life. mm -hmm. And I know that the body can heal. So I worked out, I spent sometimes $2,700 a week just in rehab. This type of recovery is never covered by insurance. 
you're always in a very expensive situation, potentially fundraising when you have a catastrophic injury, especially for a spinal cord. So I was well off financially by most people's standards. I had a million dollar plus net worth through good luck and hard work. It was eroded rather rapidly. And uh, for the first time in my life, I experienced poverty, power going off, lights out, water, everything you could imagine. Friends stepped in with a fundraiser and a motorcycle fundraiser. We were able to raise, uh, you know, in total between other donations, maybe 80 grand. This is about three years ago. And I had hoped to never bother anyone. I kind of believed that I would recover from this rather quickly. I'm an optimistic person, but we went broke. And, you know, then we experienced poverty for the last number of years. And we've had, I think the roughest thing really has been watching my family suffer. But, but the most beautiful thing at the same time has been all the people that have contributed to the recovery and supported our family. And the stories are innumerable of how people have come through and assisted us in our need. And we are indebted to everyone. And we've, we've asked more than we could ask from our community. So I worked my way up, got to my feet using conventional methods. I finally kind of hit the wall. They were prescribing opioids to me. They were prescribing Zimbalta, Neurontin, all the cadre of pharmaceuticals. And then one day they were going to graduate me to OxyContin for pain. And I made a decision to quit opioids. I supplemented that. I moved over to cannabis-based pain management, diet-based pain management, really focused on nutrition, fasting, regenerative therapies like Rick Simpson oil, psilocybin therapies, and diet. COVID kicked in, couldn't have a trainer. So I switched over to completely independent yoga, stretching, and took over my own training. I just want to understand this very clearly. At this point, as you're doing all this training and everything, what is your physical condition? What can you and can't you do? So when I came home from the hospital, I could move my right hand and steer my chair around and they would crane me. I had a night nurse and a day nurse that would change my diapers and crane me in and out of bed. And as I slowly recovered and as we ran out of money, you know, my kids would put me to bed in the crane. Then after about I'll say I went through getting off the pharmaceuticals and kind of moving into the regenerative holistic therapies after I had plateaued with conventional therapy, which saved my life, frankly, too. So I'm not dissing it. But in any case, I gradually, gradually continued to improve, even though they said I wouldn't after a year. I kept fighting forward and training every which way. And I went from being in diapers and being able to move my right hand And initially, I was paralyzed from the neck down for about 60 days. It was really terrifying. And now, after about four years, I became completely independent and able to dress myself, no longer wearing diapers, you know, regaining personal functions. And I've had tremendous success with the holistic foods, supplements, and managing pain with cannabis and through other things. And I've gotten myself now where I can actually get up and walk on a walker and I can dress myself. And last week out of necessity, I had my handicap band breakdown and I learned how to drive a regular car. So right now I'm uh, sitting in a Dodge pickup talking to you and uh, driving around a four wheel drive for the first time in, in eight years and just loving life. You know, that came from a setback I had last week. I had an older van blow up and, uh, you know, you just run into all these challenges in life. And I think it's, you know, the stories of overcoming these is what's been, you know, so interesting for me is 
you know, when you lose your water and your 15 year old son has to pound a shallow well and install a pump and prime it so your family mm. can shower and cook. That's a pretty impressive thing for a young man to go through. Mm-hmm. I had a 13 year old daughter that uh, had to change a tire on the side of Telegraph Road in my van for me in January three years ago because we had no money to get back. And when you watch a 13 year old kid do that out in the cold, that's, you know, it's not what you want to watch, but you're very proud of that kid too. So there's some, you know, real difficulties, but some beautiful stories too. And, uh, That's just where I was going to go. The amazing thing in a story like there are many that we could highlight, and I want to touch on a few. But one is that, you know, as just as painful as the story is, also to see your kids step up like they did, for example, and to embrace your own view of how you should take care of yourself and work your way out of this, your belief and your confidence that you could do it. You know, there's a lot of really amazing, positive things that come from a very tragic and painful story like this. And so there is, you know, uh, the, the, I don't know if I can call it a silver lining. There's frankly a myriad of stories that every time I get truly sad, somebody steps in and does something truly beautiful. Right. You're like, what the right. heck? Right. How did the guy just show up and put a new boiler in my house for nothing? Because right. he was, you know, worried about our family, you know, and, and, you know, I get, People in business, like I say, Torgo family has sent me, you know, randomly multiple five-figure checks to support the cause just when I needed them. Hard to meet a finer guy than Gary Torgo, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. You know, Greg Brown at Hodges Plumbing has stepped in and provided pumps to keep my house in water and, you know, has frankly been insisting he wants to put an ADA bathroom in for me. We've been living kind of a post-apocalyptic existence, to be quite honest with you and fighting through this, but I call up my recovery kind of Rocky five, you know, where he goes out there and trains in the bard. And it is the stories that they're very heartwarming. Just about when I'm ready to cry tears, being sad, they turn into joy. So it's a lot of beautiful people have stepped in. Right. That's the thing, you know, to reach the depths to which you did of pain and confusion and disillusionment and all the rest that goes with what you were dealing with and to rise above and to have people contribute and help you like you did, one directly leading to the positive outcomes in your life that have happened as a result of your ailment, you know, is really, uh, it's just amazing. And, and for the average person, what is it that you think we can take away from what you've learned in dealing with this, of overcoming as you have, of staying positive as you've been able to do? I think there's two things, and one of them is cliche, and I think one of them is authentic wisdom from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. One time I read when I was 23 years old, a positive thought and a negative thought cannot occupy the same mind at the same time. And therefore, you know, I don't dwell on anything but solutions and education. You know, I'll have a five-minute pity party when something goes wrong. I'm a human being. But... I replace those thoughts with positive thoughts. Gratitude has really been everything for me. There was a time when I celebrated my 10-year anniversary and I went to Jewel Rubichon in Las Vegas and stayed at Encore and had this wonderful day with my wife. And I love that dinner, but I'm going to tell you right now, I now appreciate a trip to Starbucks with my kid more than I appreciated a $2,300 dinner. And You just don't know how lucky you are to go up and be able to stick a card in a gas pump and get gas until you've had a red solo cup 
and it's winter and you got a, your kid filling it with pennies and nickels and you're taking that red solo cup in a little gas station and getting $3 worth of gas so that kid can get to school. So you don't really realize sticking that credit card or that debit card in the pump, being able to go to McDonald's with your kid. We don't know how good we have it. And you know it intellectually, but, you know, if you have your health, you have everything. And I know it's cliche, but, you know, and then in terms of, like I say, there's, uh, I'm in the real estate business, but there's only one piece of real estate that I want absolute control over for the eternity of my life. And that's the real estate in between my ears. And I don't let anyone get inside there very easily. When I set my mind to do something, that real estate I control. And I don't think about what I can't do. I think about what can I do. And my faith, my Catholic faith contributed to this as well. Of course, I'd be very remiss not to say that. You're an amazing man with amazing perspectives, inspirational to say the least. How different a man are you today than prior? And in what significant ways are you similar or different? I'm the same human being, but just amplified to a different level of appreciation. I used to say intellectually how blessed I was. I grew up in a perfect home. I've had worked very hard at my career, but done well. Never experienced poverty or sickness in this way. And my level of empathy, my level of gratitude, what makes me happy is so little now. I experience joy, you know, in, like I say, having the opportunity to go out to dinner is a really big deal. And to get to sit down and have dinner somewhere and talk to some people and be out and about and just be mobile. You know, I spent years in a bed and months changing channels with a sip and puff. And you don't know how good it is to be able to scratch your own face until you can't. That's what I would tell somebody. And if you're, if you got your health, you got everything. Don't even think differently. Really incredible. And so what does life hold for you now? Where are you? Do you get up in the morning and are you focused on going places, quote unquote, with your life? Tell us what you're focused on. Well, I'm focused on, I do a little bit of uh, construction, consulting, recruiting, getting back into kind of supplementing the family income. So I'm out and about every day. I am also in the business of improving my health and exercise. And really what I want to ultimately do is there were other young men in the Ann Arbor hospital down at U of M that had spinal cord injuries. And they got the same talk that I got. And I have children. And they told them definitively that they wouldn't recover, just like they told me. And I absolutely can't accept that. There are too many young people that could not have to have to spend a lifetime in a wheelchair. Maybe they spend five years. But these spinal cord injuries, you can recover from them. You just need an asymmetrical approach. If there's a plateau and people aren't breaking it, you won't break it using the same methodology. You have to look at things like a pirate, an asymmetrical approach. And that's really how I look at, you know, my strategy for life. And I saw this path was a dead end. So I picked a new one involving regenerative and holistic. You know, they saved my life with modern medicine, but we plateaued and we had to make adjustments. And, you know, it's kind of an adapt and overcome mindset and make sure that you're using all the tools at your disposal for your health. There's a lot of different therapies out there that work. Explore them if you're plateaued. That's really a message that I want to get out there. And I want to see 
kids get out of wheelchairs. I mean, I, I sat next to a young man that had a hockey injury and they're raising money for him to work out. And I, and I sat next to him and his father and I said, don't listen to what they say. You can get up. And that's the message that I want to get out there with us. Yeah. A life in the end, well lived, if you're able to do things like that and inspire people and motivate them to be their best, you know, and to be able to overcome whatever challenge comes their way. The message is unbelievable. What are you doing in business today? You not only had the physical injury, but you had all the financial crisis that followed. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the poverty has been the worst thing. And these days I'm doing a little bit of recruiting, doing a little bit of consulting and just you know, I was up this morning at 5 a.m. doing my yoga routine, doing my meditation, then uh, checking in on a job site at 7. And I've uh, been working with a great guy, Tim Ryan, a Ryan Construction, doing some consulting for him. And, you know, we're working hard on fundraising. I'm looking to raise about $70,000 approximately to get some regenerative stem cell therapy at the Stem Cell Institute in Panama City, Panama. There's been miraculous results there for spinal cord people. And I think that I am really, what we had was something that was impossible has turned into inevitable in my view. And we're kind of working on the fundraising thing and to bring attention to alternative therapies, holistic therapies, regenerative medicine, and, you know, one, get me out of a wheelchair, but also bring attention to all the, uh, you know, additional therapies outside of modern medicine when you hit your plateau and you have nowhere else to go. That's what I really like to bring attention to. So, and then we have a 501c3 set up at uh, Help Hope Live, Frank Gerlinger. And like I say, I want to get me out of this chair, but it breaks my heart to think that somebody has been programmed that is young to say they can't get better when I know they can. And that really upsets me. I got children. And that's the other thing is like the thing that motivates me every day my kids and my wife are watching me. Are they going to see their dad get up and go to work, get up and train, or are they going to see me lay in bed? If I can get up, I'm going to get up because they're watching. And that's more important than what you say is what you do. Well, Frank Gerlinger, I got to tell you, we're lucky to have you. Not only lucky to have you for this interview here, for the rest of us to learn and to, as I say, be inspired and motivated and to reset our perspective on a lot in life, not the least of which is to cherish and value, what we might call the simple things in life, but really Amen. with that reset, not so simple to have a son, a daughter, a wife, a family, an opportunity to be here and to have your moment in life to take it in whatever direction you can. In spite of hurdles, you're doing your best. And it's just an amazing story. Really, it is. It's really uh, amazing. And as I say, we're very lucky to have you and uh, helping us get a little reset along the way as well. Thank you, Frank. I'm so flattered. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. And looking forward to getting out of this chair and some inspiring some other people to get better too. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much.